HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. Since 2009, HRN podcasts have been exploring the wide world of food, beverage, and agriculture. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This final episode of The Build is brought to you by Tillit NYC. Tillit is hospitality uniforms for work and life. Look better, feel better, cook better. Visit us at tillitnyc.com. That's T-I-L-I-T-N-Y-C.com. It's 6.30 in the morning, the day that we've been recording about for the last six months has finally come. I'm exhausted, but we'll get through this. I'm going to be here from 6.30 a.m. till 10.30 p.m. today, all day. Welcome back to The Build, our newest season of Opening Soon. We're your hosts. I'm Alex McCreary. And I am Jenny Goodman. It's our last episode. Bittersweet. Last time you heard from us, we were racing against the clock. Eric and Lonnie set an opening day that they had announced on their Instagram, and they were preparing the space, training the team, and still moving out of Ursula 1.0. That means that either they're open or something tragic happened. We followed Eric for the last seven months, and today is finally the day. Did they make it? So drumroll, please. Ursula is open! Woo, 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 woo. As of April 12th, Ursula 2.0 has finally been revealed to the world, and Eric, Lonnie, and the rest of the team welcomed people into their new location in bed for the first official day. Yay! But... We have a confession to make, a sad one for us and for you, maybe. With all of the delays on Ursula's construction time and our own calendar with Intillit, and our production team spread out across the tri-state area, one living in Europe, we actually weren't able to make it for opening day. Tears shedding. I know it was something that Jenny and I definitely wanted to be a part of. I was pretty pissed when you told us the friends and family date. We already had travel planned out of the city. So that's the greatest irony for this podcast, following this entire process from hunting for the space, signing the lease, diligently capturing Eric's buildup, and somehow we missed the biggest event of all opening day. Thank God for voice memos.
Uh, this is the last order for today. Good job. Good job. Great job. Kitchen is closed. No staff meals. We're done. Nick. Ajoma. Elise, yes. is our first night. Mm -hmm. Kezo? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm bringing Kezo in later to the <laughs> equation because Kezo came in, came, chronologically. came in chronologically, but also to help last minute, and I appreciate, but the three of you started the night off with us. First night, it was, we were not fully set up for success in the way that we would have loved because Elise, Elise didn't show up two hours before her scheduled shift. But Elise, Elise was really... <laughs> but everybody did great tonight. Thank you so much. It was crazy. Yeah, me too. It didn't feel that much fun for me because yeah. I. I it do think that it could have been fun. It could have been fun if we were like set up, but it's by no fault of anyone except for Elise's, um, because you should have got here two hours early. It became fun when Keizo came to save the day, and like we all needed Keizo. None of us could have survived without Keizo, and so thank you, Keizo. I said that to Elise tonight, and that's what I'm saying today. You guys all did great, and Elise, you did really great. I don't want to wash for dishes. If you want one. If you want. I was going to put it in a glass, but then that means we have to wash them. So we could have these portion cups. Somebody bought, brought a, a really beautiful bottle of mezcal for a congratulations. So thank you, everybody. Congrats, first night. Thank you. You did a good job. Congrats to all of us. Um, Al, do you remember when we were opening goods, how, you know, I think we talked previously about how opening day felt, but what about that first, you know, week, the first jitters, first time off leaving the restaurant? Do you remember all that stuff? Yeah, I think so. And I think that, you know, most of my memories at this point, 10 years later, are relatively positive. I think I feel like I remember it being, you know, rewarding to have opened. Um, I felt like it was um, validating to have the food, you know, appreciated. I think it was, you know, it was fun to sort of be in a position where we had a bunch of um, new young people that were working with us and to be able to train them and teach them and um, have them be a part of our opening day. I, I feel like that was a very, you know, rewarding sort of moment is, is to have that new team and all these, you know, additional people be a part of that business. Um, 
yeah, I mean, relatively all all positive. I don't I don't have a lot of stress memories from that time. I remember what opening day was like. When New York One was there? Yeah, yeah that was New York One came out and interviewed you and my brother. And uh, they were very excited. Everybody, it was, you know, it was something to see. Once the trailer was refurbished, it was this really bright, shiny metal object where you're like, oh, that's cool. What is that giant thing? I'm, it's, your interest was piqued. Um, and there, at the time, you know, now Lorimer Metropolitan is buzzing with tons of restaurants and businesses. Um, and at the time, it was an empty corner that had been vacant. So it looked littered. It wasn't beautiful. And, you know, we spent a lot of time making the yard pretty um, and landscaping it and thinking about like having this great outdoor restaurant that would be nice for the community to have something on that space. Um, and there, weren't a, there wasn't a ton of new businesses that had been opening in that area. So it was, it was something very new. And so there was a great reaction from the community. People were lined up on opening day. I think, did we give away free sandwiches? I can't remember. Or free beignets? I feel like we gave free beignets. I've been free beignets, yeah. There's beignets on the menu, which is, um, for this view, not familiar. Beignets are like a traditional donut from New Orleans that are just covered in powdered sugar. And that was the one dessert that was on the menu. Um, and I remember there being a line down the block and just a lot of positive, fun energy. And those first weeks were really exciting and promising. What about closing day? Do you remember what happened? And can you tell everybody where the trailer is now and what it's like seeing it <laughs> after the fact? Yes. Closing day wasn't one day in my memory. It was like a trickle of days because um, there was, you know, there's the last day that you have service, um, which I feel like we ended was it like before Christmas holidays, basically? Right before Christmas, before yeah. Before Christmas break. So it was sort of, you know, felt like you were taking a break from school or something where you're, you know, like you might see everyone again after the new year. Um, so it hadn't really hit at that point. And then, you know, after the last day of service, you have like this job to sort of unload the space. I remember you know, trying to figure out what to do with the food and how to donate as much of it as we could that was left over. Um, and then it was all about, you know, liquidating the stuff in the space to try and get as much money out as possible, um, closing it up and sealing it up until, you know, the buyer had closed because um, we essentially sold the space to another restaurant group. Um, and they did the things that we weren't able to do because of time and finances. So they put in utilities that, you know, essentially crushed us. Um, and that they're still alive and operable today. So um, I have mixed feelings when we go by the space. It's nice to see that it's still there. Uh, it gives me some, you know, good feelings to know that the people that purchased it were able to do something positive with it. Um, and it wasn't you know, this rotating money suck for every business that goes in there. Um, closing day was a drag. It was in both senses of the word. It, you know, it was a drag on your, your mental health. And then it was also just a drag in time. It wasn't one single day. It was probably weeks or even a month of closing for us. All right. 
I think there's also some parallels to Eric emptying out Ursula 1.0 because he talked about having to go back there again and clean it out and sell off equipment that didn't fit for Ursula 2.0. And I think even when you're moving on to something bigger and better, there's definitely something bittersweet about saying goodbye to your first, your first place. started Till It about 10 years ago. I can't even believe it's been that long that we've been working together. Feels like an eternity, but also yesterday. And since then, we've outfitted hundreds of thousands of chefs. We're so thankful for this community, as well as 6,000 restaurants across the country and globe even. Alex, can you tell our listeners about Till It, what makes it so special and why we got started? Sure. Um, we got started with Till It basically out of necessity. Um, I had been a chef for a long time and I just didn't feel, you know, prideful in what I was wearing. I felt like the clothes were outdated. They weren't that comfortable or functional. Um, and so I essentially turned to uh, street clothes. And then that's sort of the point where we realized that, hey, maybe we should do something about this. Um, we started small with, you know, a few pieces. And, you know, I think that we, the biggest, you know, advantage of what Till it is is that we, started with a commitment to modernizing our uniforms and working with the people actually wearing the clothes. Um, so everything is super functional. We think about utility first, then we think about aesthetics, comfortability, ease of washing. So it's really workwear that you can wear in the kitchen and then also uh, continue to wear when you're out on the street. So if you're interested in getting some fresh gear for yourself or for your team, we have a treat for you, our loyal opening soon listeners. You can get 10% off when you visit us at tillitnyc.com. That's T-I-L-I-T-N-Y-C.com with the code opening soon. Opening soon. When you're building up your space, it can feel like just getting the doors open is a challenge. And when in reality, it's after the doors are open that the fun has just begun. And I sort of, it reminds me of giving birth. It's like Mother's Day is on us. And it's like you talk a lot about the pregnancy and you're like stressed about the pregnancy and everybody talks about being pregnant. But the real shit starts to happen when that baby comes. Same thing with opening a restaurant. So let's hear from Lonnie and Eric about some of the challenges that they've faced since their first open days. And how their new baby's doing Is today's episode a pre-opening episode? Is that what I heard? No, this is our first one since. One week, yeah, okay. Our one week, this is our one week check-in. All right, Al, you want to catch us up from the last time that we talked to Eric? Ooh, I don't even know. um, (laughs) We are April 18th, I think the last time we chatted. Uh, We chatted in the shop. Um couple days before you're about to do tastings it was april 8th that was april that was april 8th yep um and you were looking fantastic and ready to go and oh i thought you were talking about me for a second we are talking about you (laughs) 
You looked rested you were, no, and excited. And... Oh, I was not rested at that time. But... He, did, he did not look rested. <laughs> he looks good. He looks ready. Yeah. <laughs> you looked, Better than some people. You looked ready. You did not look rested. You looked tired. But you thank looked you for keep, excited. Thank you for keeping it real. Yes. <laughs> You still looked handsome. Don't worry. Didn't want to say you looked bad, but you definitely were not like, I've had a full 18 hours of sleep for the last three days kind of look in your eye. So we were unfortunately traveling during your opening. So tell us, did you open? We are open. We finished our first full, I guess, what a service week looks like to us on Sunday, Wednesday through Sunday. Woohoo! Well, and everyone kept asking if I was excited uh, about the opening on the 12th or our, our little like um, training kind of neighborhood friends and family thing, um, or even like through this weekend. And no, I was none of it was exciting to me. I didn't feel excitement until we were nearing the end of our shift on Sunday because we're not open for dinner on Sunday just for brunch. But I knew that once we locked the door on Sunday, I was gonna have my first day off in 96 days. And that, <laughs> that was exciting for me. That's when excitement days. fit in. I was like, we made it through a full week of business, but I am also about to have a day off. What a sweet so reward for opening. So congratulations. Congrats, congrats, congrats. On Monday and Tuesday, we needed to train the staff. We needed to use the, um, uh, equipment for the first time. It was my first time cooking. Um, and uh, so Monday and Tuesday, we were open for limited hours. We uh, invited some people from the neighborhood, people that live close by or like friends of the staff. Actually, the family of Kai uh, came by and had lunch too, which was really sweet. We got to meet Kai's parents. Um, and Ursula was here. My family was here. They came in for all that. Uh, and yeah, we did those two days and then we had to do a lot of prep and then we, we opened for actual business on Wednesday. Um, Lonnie just arrived near me. I'm going to see if we can share AirPods and see if that doesn't become too disruptive. Oh, right. How much more time do we have left? We, we got time. Come on in. So give us the skinny on how it all went down. So we started talking. Yeah. So the t- so Monday and Tuesday, um, the little soft open training for the staff, and then Wednesday was our first day for the public. How did and the it, training go? Like, was there any like, were you like, okay, this is where we need to smooth it out. This is like a shit show. We can't do this. Any like, oh, there's a nuggets? lot of that. There's <laughs> a lot of that. But I will say that like, when you say how did training go, this. Everybody's been great here so far. There's a lot of like hiccups that aren't necessarily anyone's fault, Mm -hmm. but this team has been working really well Mm -hmm. together, working really hard. I was super proud of this first week, even though it was really chaotic and stressful. Yeah, Yeah, but everybody really did their part to try to keep it together. Agreed. Um, Hard agreed. The since we're opening for us like a kind of a soft open, we have a. A limited menu at night and we didn't really do any PR um, for the night stuff it's been kind of quiet at night but that's been really welcomed for me because I've been here I was here 16 hours a day for the last two and a half weeks probably 
but it was a good opportunity for us to um, catch up on prep at night and also just for me to not be under so much pressure to put out so many plates, but breakfast and lunch all week have been busy. We've had a really great lunch uh, business all week, which that I've I've really enjoyed because we've been selling a lot of sandwiches. Our check averages have been great for lunch. And I like to see that, especially since our nights are kind of quiet right now. Um, There weren't any like big hiccups. It's a matter of like just getting everyone into the rhythm of like, here's the side work. Let's all make sure that we're all pitching in, that just one person isn't doing all the cleaning or all the polishing Mm -hmm. and just getting everybody into that place. Um, Also trying to figure out exactly how many people we need we thought we were going to be able to go a little late on staff, but we were definitely like, no, we need another person during the day up front. Um, we needed more bodies on the weekend. But overall, like during the week, it was pretty smooth. Saturday, <laughs> Saturday was a shit show, and I, it, I almost cracked. And I think with my <laughs> whole kitchen, he, wasn't, he, thought he, he said he thought he wasn't going to wake up in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> he told me Sunday after service. He's like, last night I went home. And I wasn't sure if I was going to wake up today. You were literally dead. So, but Saturday, oh my God. (laughs) If not, at first we were short staffed or like we needed more staff. Mm -hmm. Uh, And just all the, just all kinds of little things were happening. But we, we spent a lot of time, Lonnie spent a lot of time putting in these menus into the like back end of our online ordering system. We set thresholds for them so like only X number of orders could come through every 15 minutes. We didn't want to do delivery off the rip. And then we also had like negated getting orders off of Google. I also went and like, we're not doing DoorDash directly anymore. And I got them to remove that link from the website or from our Google page. So if you go to Google now, you have to order directly through our website so we can control it better, allegedly. But, we just had some tech stuff, right? But, so Yeah, but once when that tech stuff happened, <laughs> I don't know that I've ever been so close to crying on the line. <laughs> he came to me at one point with a, I shit you not, an, an armload of tickets bigger than two full Tillet Chef backpacks. Mm-mm. Armload oh, of tickets. Hell no. And looks at me... I've never seen a look of terror on this man's face. He goes, make it stop. And I was like, I can't make it stop. And I said, I've turned it off seven times. It keeps turning itself back on. And I was so glad. This is delivery. Well, it was the integration of like bento box, clover, the internet. And bento box team were super great in the sense of like, when I was able to get them, I explained to them what happened. I had uh, our Clover guy here this morning. I had him on a Zoom with the Bento Box people. I just gathered everybody. I said, this is what happened. You definitely don't need to explain to me the technical ins and outs of what happened. I just would love if you guys could fix it and then show me how to make it never happen again. And then like, I just left them. I was like, I have, we had like, the espresso machine fix today. We had a film crew in here. What else do we have? Like all these things, but they took care of it. It's fixed. I've got Maya, who's like just fucking phenomenal, worked the front end like a boss. Um, she's reprogramming all the menus and like kind of 
making it so that we just have a lot more control, but it's just a lot of kind of work. But Saturday we had no control. We had Wait, no so control. What did you do? Did you get the It food was basically either. We did. I, I, we got, oh my God, that's a loaded question. So, but it was, <laughs> so it just started printing. Once, once online ordering was available, it just started printing, it would not stop. And Elihu, one of our cooks, was standing next to the kitchen printer and was just staring at me. Because we all had to stop, like we didn't even, we were just dumbstruck because we were like, what's happening? And then the, ex, the it's like the aliens printer, were landing. The expo printer is behind where I was working and it prints two receipts for everything. Plus there was one coming out of the kitchen printer. <laughs> so for about 15 minutes straight, this expo printer was just printing and making all this noise. This is literally and like I the was, episode on the bear. This is literally the episode That's on what, the bear. We what, haven't seen it. I haven't uh, seen it. Yeah, I was told somebody, I was talking to somebody today, one of my uh, old, old employees, Lydia, uh, they were telling me, they were like, that sounds like episode seven on the bear. Exactly. Um, yeah. So I'm gonna have to go watch that. But it <laughs> I was. I don't know, it might trigger you. I mean, maybe don't. Well, that's what. Maybe it's too soon. No, I, too that's soon. actually what I told Lydia. I was like, if I feel like being triggered tonight, I'm gonna watch that. Yeah. Uh, but it was. Eventually, we got it to stop, or it reached a threshold higher than what we had set. And so orders weren't coming in for a little while. Um, but it just. There were tickets everywhere in the kitchen, everywhere. Like the ex, I couldn't. I think it was thrilling for the people who were here, like the customers. I think not for the ones waiting. There were people that were coming in and waiting for a really long time. Plus, like that morning, also the donut dough was not working right. So, um, and my new baker for Saturday morning had called in sick. Um, they had to go to no. urgent care. Oh my God. Well, they had to go to urgent care, so I had to come okay. in and like set up the baking thing. Plus, I was trying to train everybody to set up brunch. Um, but then we didn't have any donuts, but we weren't able to get ahead in, of the system in time to take the donuts out of the online ordering. So then all kinds of people were like upset that they didn't get their donuts. And it's I, really good that we have goodwill, though. Like this one dude was. And our HVAC wasn't working. So most, it was 84 degrees. Most of them. I will say that what Lonnie <laughs> was very weekend, good. One weekend, it's hot in New York City in <laughs> April, and the HVAC's not working. Of course, because well, we, why wouldn't well, that we got a we got a good preview of what the summer might look like. Um, but uh, I will say Lonnie did a really good job that day of not allowing people to get mad at us. Because there were definitely people that would want to be. The, people were waiting for a long time for their pickup orders that were allegedly going to be ready by a certain time. Some of them took a while. Some tickets were missing. All all Saturday long, like some tickets weren't printing in the back, and some were, and it was just it was a mess. And uh, yeah, I almost I almost started crying (laughs) because I just didn't know what to do, and we just kept it. We've switched because I didn't. I was like, whoa. You I weren't expediting 300 burritos. No, but I was looking at those (laughs) faces and trying to coordinate or like orchestrate. Uh, three new staff members that no, had never done this brunch. So. There was one guy, he waited over two hours for... And then I think we still got his order wrong. A bunch of stuff. No, he was just missing a bunch of stuff because he ordered sandwiches because the menu was off. Oh, yeah, the people were ordering off of the lunch menu, which so isn't... Crazy. We couldn't just turn that off and, like, disconnect it because then we wouldn't be able to make any orders at our POS because all the menus were all together. So it was either, like... We could try to do like the nuclear option of like, yeah, or, you know, it's like, it's either on or off. We actually got a lot of good feedback though. That's what I was saying before was this guy sat for two hours. He was so delightful. He was like, I love you guys. 
I, and he was like a young person, you know, he was like, you guys are really kicking ass. It's so good to see you. I know you're having a hard time, but like people really did have goodwill and they just loved the brand so much. And it felt great. Like I've been in those situations where it's just some rando place where there's no community, there's no uh, like brand loyalty, as they say. And people will start screaming at like a 22 year old barista, like they're fucking Hitler. And it's so awful. And it's so, as front of house, you're like energy workers. And that to me, like I can bring back a lot in terms of like people's bad moods or bad energy. Like there's a lot I can kind of like jujitsu around and like turn things back at least to neutral. But this was such a breeze for that, even though it was awful. Uh, and that was nice, like just the love. This season has been all about the process of getting to opening day. But opening day is really just the starting line. So the story doesn't end here. Even though we're at the end of the season of the build, the real journey for Eric, Lonnie, and the team at Ursula to keep the doors open and keep business flowing starts now. Since it's our last episode, Jen, do you have any last thoughts that you want to share with our listeners? I think that opening a restaurant is really hard and that there needs to be better resources for restaurateurs. And I'm thankful for Eric letting us listen in so that we can all learn from from how he um, built his restaurant. And I think it just made me double down on knowing how important community is, whether it's the restaurant community, it's your community where you live, um, your community of friends lean on that community and share with them. I agree. And I, I think that, you know, we all owe a huge thank you to Eric, to Lonnie, to all of their team that has been willing to chat with us in the midst of, you know, going through this process and all the other things that they had to get done on a very tight timeline. Um, and I think it's a really you know big deal that they were able to share um, not only what they were you know doing in physicality, but also their, their ups and downs, their highs and lows. And uh, I really think that um, what they're doing is, is fantastic and, and the ability to have shared it uh, with so many people out there, you, the listener, that hopefully can benefit when you go in to open your restaurant. So that's all, folks. Thank you all for coming along with us on this roller coaster of a journey. We are extremely grateful to Eric and Lonnie for allowing us to listen in on all of their moments of joy, stress, sadness, bickering, all the things that come along. We're so thankful to have been able to share their story with you. We hope it brings you a little bit of insight, information, and joy. And a big thank you, I think, to the HRN team for you know, being able to um, support us through this and this idea and, you know, keeping us organized as we went, you know, we're, we're busy as well and, you know, have lots of ideas. And I feel like we have really been brought in um, in a very organized way to make this, this season and um, this information from Eric and this ability to share, you know, really, really uh, epic and important. So thank you. Yes, thank you for the engineering team and all of our production team, Taylor, Matt, Armin. We love you guys. We're going to miss you. Yay! 
And that's, that's a wrap. <laughs> she said, hey, and that's a wrap. Okay. <laughs> Let's try it again. That's, that's a wrap. wrap. <laughs> it didn't Doesn't work. work. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just one of us. I think you take it. That's a wrap. The Build is produced by Armin Spingen, Taylor Early, Matt Patterson, H. Conley, Alex McCreary, and me, Jenny Goodman. And a special thanks to Eric C. and Lonnie Holiday for all of their willingness and time to share with us on this journey. A very special thank you to the Julia Child Foundation for Gastronomy and the Culinary Arts for their support of Taylor's work as the Julia Child Writing Fellow. Our audio engineer for this episode is Matt Patterson. This program is supported in part by public funds from the New York City Department of Cultural Affairs in partnership with the City Council. Opening Soon is powered by Simplecast. Opening Soon is a production of Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you, Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe. Welcome, Lonnie, and congratulations. I don't think she can hear you yet. No. Welcome, Lonnie, and congratulations. I'll just keep saying it until she gets here. <laughs> um, I'm going to set her up next to me really quick. But she can't hear Chairs that I bought are so like heavy and wooden, and if they hit your knee or your shin, yeah, I've woken up with <laughs> so many like new brand uh, new Okay, outro on last episode. Since it's our last episode, do you have any last thoughts you'd like? Oh, am I asking Jenny? Do you have any last thoughts? <laughs> I was like, who is it? Yeah, am I asking yeah. the, the audience? <laughs> There's not an audience. I, I still think it's each live. Other. <laughs> Are we not Alex, live? how many times have we done this? <laughs> Why is no one clapping? <laughs> laughing at my jokes. This is bullshit. Taylor's clapping and laughing at your jokes. <laughs> laughing with me or okay. <laughs>